Help Now Group presents Partners in Practice. A very happy afternoon to you, Iman. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. Good. Happy Tuesday to you. Yes, it is a happy Tuesday. I've got a lovely dog in the background giving me a wonderful look at the moment, so I'm, uh, I'm in bliss. Look, thank you very much. Welcome to the show, Help Now Group Partners. We've got a very special guest on the line with us today from cultureofcare.com.au. We've got Iman Iskander. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, look, tell us, um, uh, yeah, we put a bit of questions through. Well, what, what got you into this industry? Uh, for the listeners out there and, and for those who might be listening to this in the near future, what got you into this industry of your work? And I guess tell the listeners, what are you registered with ACA, with PACBA, with social work? How do you how have you come to be? Okay. Well, I've got a bit of a mixed background. I am an accredited mental health social worker, and I work specifically in the area of relationships, relationship counselling, relationship therapy, essentially on relationships, and a lot of work with couples. How I got into this area was... Um, I spent a lot of time in the corporate sector and I've got other degrees which enabled me to be working in the corporate sector on mental health, safety and well-being. And what I was witnessing was the effects of bad relationships in the workplace on people's mental health. So people were experiencing depression, anxiety, interpersonal conflict which was translating into bullying and essentially just having a really rough time at work and it was my job as the wellbeing manager to line up wellbeing strategies for these organisations and to get something moving to create better mental health outcomes. And I found that what I did, what, what I wanted to do was to create a caring culture where people were free to speak up about mental health, where they were free to speak up about the, the relationships and what was happening. I wanted them to show care and vulnerability and I wanted the leaders to lead by example. But it was all having limited effectiveness because in the workplace there's a lot of constraints about what you can do. Um, essentially where I needed to be impactful was to be looking at individual relationships and getting people to see what it was they were doing that was contributing to the poor dynamics and the poor relationships. So after a long time in the corporate sector I decided it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> so <out. laughs> that's it. So I decided that I would do it myself, and that's why I do culture of care. Um, and that's what I do now. I work with people on relationships, and I do it um, either with couples or with individuals. But it, my whole focus is on the dynamics between people, building stronger relationships, also marriage, but generally all relationships. And how long has Culture of Care been around? Well, I have been doing the counselling as, um, I guess, a, it used to be a, you know, a hobby, if you want to call it that way. Sure. I had the corporate programs and doing counselling in the background. But I, but I didn't call it Culture of Care at that time. I was just using my own name. But the actual company, Culture of Care, has been around and where are you based? Where's your where where can people find you and, and link uh, in with you? 
Yeah, so my, my office is in the city in Sydney, so on Elizabeth Street, and I also work out of Chatswood. Um, which is another suburb in Sydney. Um, yeah, so they're the two primary locations to see me face to face. I also run workshops and I do them at varying locations, but I guess probably mostly in the city, in Sydney. Yep. Um, but I'm also contactable online if people do want to make contact. Sure. Okay, well, this is, I know this next question coming up is. No, I wouldn't say has caught people um, off guard, but I think you and I had the conversation about, um, you know, how people, I guess, get exposed to and think, you know what, counselling and marriage therapy and that type of thing is for me and workshops are good for me. So if uh, for the listeners out there that might want to engage in your services, how would people describe, I guess, in, in quotes, growing with you or building their capacity with you or... How, how would people describe that? Look, there's two things that come to mind. I work, it's a two-pronged approach that I use. So one is self-evolution. So it's really about understanding yourself and looking at what it is that is your contribution to whatever is not working in your life. So it's, it's looking at, it's like I guess having the eyes inside of you rather than the outside of you to be able to look inwardly to discover what it is that you need to do to grow and develop. And it's an evolutionary process. So it's that aha moment that I'm after for people. That moment, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm thinking. Oh, that's what's contributing. And giving them a bit of insight into themselves so that they can move forward a bit more empowered and having some uh, resources to be able to move forward differently. The other thing that I focus on is the skill building. Sometimes people want to do things, they really want to connect with the other person at a deeper level, they want to have a conversation and it's a crucial conversation that they need to have, but they don't have the skills, the abilities to be able to navigate that terrain. So I'm really about empowering people by giving them the tools and the skills um, to build their internal capacities and their skills to be able to have the conversations and to be able to build the connections that, that we all want. I mean, we are social animals, we all want connection. So if you don't know how to do it, then culture is a place to go. Come and have a, come and have a chat. And I, how and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, one, they uh, equipping them, and I think being able to hear the, the genuine nature of the people that have been on the podcast about, you know, what where their heart is at, where they're looking to move with people. I think that additional choice of, you know, I think, you know, having their own language to even engage in that counseling space, you know, just to approach it, right? Just go, okay, I'm going to work myself up. Don't they say, you know, people, um, you know, people do do their shopping around these days, don't they? And they want to make sure, yeah, who they're dealing with has the language that they want to use in their growth. And, and obviously you're interpreting that and, and saying, well, actually, you know, is it worth um, Yeah. So in practice, go ahead. Look, I was just going to say, you know, in terms of having the right person for the right client, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think, you know, my work always starts with an assessment process where we get to have a look at whether uh, 
whether we can work together. So it, it is understanding their language, it's looking at where they're at. They get to see my style as well and, and get an idea of whether they can work with me. One of the things that people say to me quite frequently, oh my gosh, it's like you're interpreting for us. You really get me. <laughs> so I always joke around and say, well, that's right, I just interpret for That's right, that's right. <laughs> that's it. So that's my, that's my other title. I uh, unequivocally, that's that's often my my personal delivery with people is just let let's do some translating session. They go, why? What other languages be? Just like, no, no, English will work, but <laughs> growth and yeah. zooming out and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so in your in your work as a social worker, and I guess in the corporate world, or just I guess recent themes. What is um, now? I know you talked about relationships. So what what would be some themes? some, I guess, pain, like the most common pain points in, in people that come to see you as far as relationships, you can focus on couples or individuals or what's a, what's one of the, a couple of the big pain points for people that are struggling with relationships, would you say? Look, without a doubt, I'm going to say to navigating through conflict. Um, so one of the things that I do in my work, so I also train therapists in a particular model of therapy, and it's called the developmental model. And in that model, what we learn is that for relationships to progress, they actually parallel human development. Just like we develop from a baby to a toddler to a teenager to an adult, so so with relationships, and they develop. And one of the stages that we go through is the conflict stage, and it's really about how to how people navigate that conflict. They can use it to either beat each other up and, and, and destroy each other and realise that, you know, and, and create distance between themselves. Or they can use it to build depth and compassion and calmness and their connection. So what I do see, one of the main things is conflict and what do you do with it when you realise that there's a difference between the person that's talking to um, another thing that's really important is that, you know, it starts with you. Sometimes there's something really not functioning or not, not going well in our relationship and we're waiting for the other person to change. We want them to change and, and I'll change when you change. And I guess one of the messages for me, one of the things is, what is it that each person is doing to contribute to reaching the other person, to get into that middle space where we can really bond and connect and reach each other? So the starts with you is one of the things that I use. And then the final thing that I use, or, or I guess the, the idea that informs my practice is the history. We all have a history. It is not possible not to have a history. And so therefore, just because we are humans in a human condition, we all come with previous experiences and some baggage. So the work for each person is looking at their history and working out how does that history influence my future and what I'm doing now. Recognising that, you know, whatever it is that happened in the past, you can use that right now in this very moment to learn from, to grow, to develop, and it can actually strengthen your relationship when you know how to use it. So how they're just some of the things, yeah, some of the things that I use, yeah. How important, how important, and I think, you know, what I hear, hear you saying, I think for listeners and those, whether practitioners or people looking to get into uh, treatment, I think... Um, knowing that typical in those partner relationships, people have 
what they environmentally and neurologically and they, they kind of almost have a predisposition of partners that are very similar to what they had previously or you know what their how their mother and father or you know mother and mother or father and father had and how they're adapting that and trying to you know innovate as their brain develops and um, around what's happening in their life, and they get stuck in those lanes. So, so, so you've got these, you've got these two conflicting parties. They're ready to either punch it up or give cuddles. So, whether it's within the individual session or you ask them to to go outside of their spaces, how do you collaborate in your practice now? So, I guess to either overcome those those dichotomies sitting in front of you or external to how them. do I collaborate? How do, how do you in terms collaborate of, in your um, practice outside the therapy space, or are you meaning? Oh, okay. Outside. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, oh. Yeah, in the in the understanding of that life cycle of people coming to you or leaving you, or you know, if they've got to go and uh, yeah. ask their ask their best mate, who's uh, yeah, which therapist should, sure. should they go to? How well, do you look, collaborate you know, in your human relationships space? are really important to me, and I think every day I'm always just as my own personal growth thing. I'm thinking about. Who am I connecting with today? Who who do I want to give attention to today? And I look for opportunities where I can connect to meet people and establish the bonds because I, I happen to believe that there's an increased rate of loneliness in our world, and so I want to banish loneliness, and that's partly the mission that I'm on with the work that I do. So in terms of collaborating, there's multiple ways that I do that. I I, I go to lots of um, networking events and. I love meetups actually, I think they're a really good thing to go to, whether it's business or social. So I, I do spend a bit of time attending forms. But I also do a lot of coffee. So I'm drinking a lot of coffee these days with people. <laughs> it's a fun way to spend your life. Actually, I prefer my tea actually. So I, I end up having coffee meetings where I drink a lot of tea. And I discovered this lovely, what is it called? It's a Tea latte. It's an Earl Grey tea latte, which I'm absolutely loving. I know, yum yum. <laughs> so, that's yeah. a bit of self carelessness, so a bit of tea latte. Yum. The other thing I do is. Um, I do collaborate with therapists because part of what I do is specialist work and I find that a lot of people who do individual work will refer to me for the specialist services and I refer to them as well. So for example, one of the things I do is discernment counselling, which is essentially for couples on the brink of divorce where they're really at that last end, it's their last chance when they're thinking, do we or don't we? And discernment counselling is a very specific five session, one to five session process where we work with them to help them uh, choose one of three and then that's the end of the discernment process. And then if they want to, one of the options out of that three is that they need into counselling, a couple of counselling, either with me or with someone else. So that particular service is something that I get referral from that work. Um, so collaboration is helping each other. Well, I think you, uh, you know, you touched on earlier, you know, taking time. I know you asked me for tea when we first That's decided it. to kind of have a chat about having a chat. And I felt <laughs> terrible that I couldn't buy you a tea latte because I'm not close enough. Um, um, but I think, you know, I think having these conversations, and, and, I, and I know uh, a couple of others that are looking to be on in the future, I think even having those pre-conversations with people, and it's not a, it's not a supervision session, it's not a, 
uh, you know, it's not an incentive. It's a, we both get to create and, and create what that relationship looks like. So I'm very appreciative that, that you have had some time. Um, so I know that you're a change maker. Of, of, uh, that's how we kind of connected. So if you had 10 change makers in front of you, what advice or message would you want them to, to get from you or act upon or what might you, what might you, your legacy with 10 change makers in front of you and you think, you know what, they've got, they're ready to, to do some work. What, what might well, you Well, okay. So I, I guess two things to remind me to say that. I, I believe in leading by role modeling. So it's along the lines of peace starts with you. What you want to create starts with you. So be the person that you're, you're wanting to be around. So really, it, it is about witnessing your own experiences and evaluating your own experiences and performance and being the best that you can be. And when you live in that way, then you don't need to tell people how to do things or tell them uh, They watch, they witness, and they model on you and your example. So that's my first, uh, my first rule, I guess. And the other one is along the lines of what I said earlier about banishing loneliness. Gosh, you know, the more I do this work, the more I realise that people can be in a facade of being together in a relationship, and yet there's such intense loneliness. So even outside or in the relationship, we can get loneliness. Mm. And so these change makers, if I'm going to talk to them, I'm going to say something about let's work together to banish loneliness by showing more care. We can do that by example. We can build partnerships, we can build better bonds. And by us doing it, if each individual is doing it, then we can create that ripple to create something bigger and better in society that I think we all want. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you touched on it and uh, people to engage in that process, you know, professional being congruent with who you are. And I think, um, I guess a follow-up would be for that one is do, and this is for the listeners that might need to come into um, counseling and therapy and relationship workshops. Um, what would you say to, um, I think, the CAN professionals, social workers like us or counselors or whatever, these professionals, we wear our hats, can we get lonely? I think, think it's the part listeners of the think we can get lonely? That you can get lonely. Of course, every human being can have that experience. And what will differentiate us as mental health professionals and social workers and therapists is that hopefully we have some awareness around this is a time when I need to reach out. And so therefore we take that step and reach out and find fellow social workers, fellow therapists uh, or, or any other group really that you can be part of and belong to. And this is one of the things that I'm building as well. I'm trying to build a tribe where I get a lot of therapists. I supervise therapists and I train therapists and I'm building a community where we can get a, mm -hmm. a place where we can connect, share ideas, um, share our good and our bad experiences as well because it's not easy when you're working in practice and, and you're working on your own. So have it, making it no. easy for people to do the reaching out when they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm really not liking it own and I'm not in a good place. So yes, of course, um, we rec I guess the difference yep. is we recognise and we reach out whilst perhaps our clients may not be able to reach out. Yeah, that's right, having that 
having that insight. Well, that um, is fantastic, um, and I think look, we might um, need to catch up for a for a tea latte because I think that there's some uh, there's some other circles uh, swirling around as as far as uh, what you just touched on with um, helping the practitioners because we know as practitioners if we're in a really good way we can further tune in, we can further be available for people to to get those nuances, those human condition nuances, um, and be able to, to really be in the moment with, with people that are vulnerable and trying to overcome some pretty pretty big battles. So yeah. we definitely will have to catch up again. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for being on. Um, is there anything, I guess, any, any final thoughts? Um, you'll be able to, I'll put up on the podcast for the listeners, um, cultureofcare.com.au, so you get in touch with Iman and and uh, have a chat with her if you're in the Sydney region. And um, it sounds like even if you're not in the Sydney region, she's got a couple of ideas up her sleeve as far as um, making sure <laughs> they can schedule some tea lattes with you. Um, so please, uh, please look oh, up. Thank you. Thank pleasure. you so much Thank for you. coming on absolutely today. Absolutely wonderful opportunity to be able to reach many people. And uh, look, I'm, I'm always open for a virtual tea latte as well. Feel great, type. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Take have care. A, have a good week. Bye.